0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of our podcast series, Public Procurement Leaders. I'm Raj Sharma. I'm the chairman and CEO of Public Spend Forum, and I'm the host of this series. The goal of this series is to introduce you to forward-thinking and successful leaders that are driving transformational change in public procurement and the public sector market at large. Um, we over over the series course of the series, we'll be speaking to many leaders. Uh, from both public and private sectors, including chief procurement officers, like the one we have today, and I'm excited to introduce in a second, uh, program executives, political leaders, you name it, and that really are uh, having an impact and uh, influence uh, uh, both in the US as well as internationally. Uh, We, of course, uh, the goal is to learn from the experience of these leaders in a practical way um, and, and learn from some of the case studies and examples that they provide so we can all Uh, hopefully leverage them whether we're in a city, state, federal agency. Um, So with that, um, I'm going to just go ahead and jump in and introduce our guest today. Uh, Today we have Jason Souza, Chief Procurement Officer for the State of Alaska. Welcome, Jason. Thank you very much. Great to have you on today, Jason. Uh, Jason, uh, by background, uh, has a long uh, and accomplished career in procurement. Um, he, um, in addition to his role as chief procurement officer, he also serves as director at large uh, on the National Association of State Purchasing Officers, which is also called NASPO, the board of directors there. And as, uh, in his position as director at large, he's focusing on research and innovation. So I'm sure he'll have a lot of great things to sh- share. Uh, we also discovered a great tidbit. About Jason, and maybe he'll he'll tell us a little bit more about that as we go. Uh, he's president of the Juno um, uh, Adult Hockey Association. So, and I, I just uh, heard that there's a tropical part of Alaska called, and and so the team and uh, the area is called Juno Tropic. So, uh, Jason will uh, will have to probably venture out there to visit that part of town. <laughs> And uh, and as we'll learn, uh, you know, Jason is heading up many important and transformational initiatives within the state. So with that, you know, uh, I'd like to just jump in, Jason. uh, You've got uh, quite a rich background. Uh, You're doing interesting things both personally as well as professionally. So uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your role and what you love about it. Uh, Happy to.
1: yeah so my role here in in um, Alaska is as chief procurement officer, like you you mentioned, um, and that broadly um, oversees all executive branch purchases of goods and services. Um, we're a state that's about twenty seven hundred miles wide and fourteen hundred miles tall uh, so you know you can imagine the logistics there um, We have about I would say a, a billion dollars in spend in the executive branch and, um, our office, you know, it, we're a big state, but we're a small state, you know, we don't have a, a lot of people. And, uh, this office has a lot of interaction with our, our local governments as well. And mm-hmm. so if you think about that spend and, uh, and to include some of that, you know, we're probably, um, closer to two, two and a half billion dollars, um, annually. So, uh, my position resides in statute, um, like a lot of chief procurement officer positions uh, for state government. And, um, yeah, I, it, it's been an honor and a, and a privilege to, to be able to serve in this, person, in this, uh, in this role. Um, it's a new challenge every day, and that's you know, something that, that really draws me to it and keeps me uh, happy coming to work every, every single
0: morning. Great, great. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm curious a little bit more about that. How did you, um, how did you end up in procurement? And by the way, because a lot of times we see those that's not necessarily a area that you know people say I want to grow up and be in procurement if I'm in college, etc. So, how did you end up in procurement? You know, it's the stereotypical uh,
1: procurement officer story. Um, Started doing it as a portion of my other duties as assigned uh, when I first started working for the state of Alaska. And Mm -hmm. that part of it ended up just being... You know so enjoyable that I sought out more opportunities, so I fell into it uh, like a lot of people do um, and and what is interesting is you know part of our program here we uh, teach procurement um, classes we have a we run a certification system for the state, mm-hmm. and we teach classes as as part of that and I try to make a point of asking in each class you know we get 40, 50 people, how many of you chose to be in procurement and You know, 10 years ago, that number was pretty, pretty low. You know, it would be rare for somebody to raise a a hand. Um, Over the past five, six, seven years, it's becoming more and more uh, likely that somebody is going to raise their hand, you know, high and proud that, hey, look, I chose this profession. I went to school for it and I want to be in it. And that's really cool to see that transformation over the years. So, um, you know, falling into it is great. But choosing to do it is also you know that that's
0: even better. Um, you know about it, and you're coming into it with that
1: that intent, I think is
0: great and why, why do you, why do you think that is um, that more people are raising their hand? I think you know it's a a sign that
1: the procurement profession, that role in an organization, whether it's public or private, is coming more to the forefront. Um, We're getting – I like to think of it as a sign that we're getting away from the back office, Mm -hmm. you know, rubber stamping, paper pushing uh, kind of view that some people have of procurement. And we're – you know, people are starting to – leaders and and management and organization is starting to uh, value – the contributions that the procurement uh, profession can add um, when given the opportunity to add value. Right. So, um, you know, pushing paper and and all that that can be automated and it should be automated, you know, actually. Um, And that gives us time to look at, you know, market research and and develop these other skills that we can, we can use to really add value to the um, process. And that's where I think we're seeing that shift is, um, you know, more and more universities have uh, supply chain or procurement
0: uh, mm-hmm. curriculums,
1: um, mm-hmm. and people are actually seeking that out
0: and and looking for ways to add value in procurement. Great, great, definitely. I think I think we the private sector saw this change probably several decades ago. Uh, oh, right, right. And and now definitely over the past many years, you know, we're seeing that. So that's that's great to see, given the amount of money that goes through this system. Um, before we talk a bit deeper about your role and some of the interesting initiatives uh, I know um, you mentioned to me before um, I'm curious um, could you just speak to your role on on the uh, as director large on the board of naspo and 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 uh what that entails sure yeah um so
1: naspo you know is, is uh, uh National association made up of you know representatives from all fifty states. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have uh, purchasing directors or, or chief procurement officers typically uh, fill that fill that role and act as the primary member um, representing NASPO. And um, let's see, the last year, two years ago. Um, I had the opportunity uh, to represent Alaska, and I was nominated on the floor at NASPO's annual um, annual conference. And you know, I it was an honor to be uh, voted in at that at that point. You know, I, I had a brief opportunity to say why I felt it was an important thing uh, for me to give back to this association and and serve in that capacity. And and you know, I. I was elected to, to do that and then reelected in 2017. And so um, I'm on the board again through 2018. And that really, um, you know, the the National Association of State Procurement Officials really does a lot of work in the educational area of procurement mm-hmm. and, and, you know, really focusing on public procurement. Um, there's a lot of really, really awesome initiatives out. Um, procurement U is a big one, um, pushing out, uh, high quality procurement um, curriculum that is easily accessible by um, public prof- procurement professionals that may not otherwise have that, um, that ability to attend a, a college course. You know, they can do it from their desk and learn more about um, public procurement and how to do their job better and, and, and you know, more in line with what's going on. Um, Kind of best practices and and my role as as research and innovation champion i I love that. Um, it, it's so fun uh, to have that procurement geek side um, get to work with other procurement geeks and and look at what's cutting edge out there what um, what do we see coming down the the pipe that might uh, affect us, and how can we turn that into a, a working product that we can distribute to our membership? That is really one of the most fun and, and um, uh, enjoyable parts of being on the board, is being able to stay at the forefront of public procurement and procurement in general, get to work with awesome staff, and, and, and turn out these um, really high-quality work products that are beneficial um, to
0: everybody who has a hand in procurement. That is really rewarding. Great, great. I'm I'm curious. I I want to actually, you know, you're talking about cutting edge. Uh, I want to come to you know what you're doing in Alaska. But before we do that, just one last question related to the board role. Um, What is cutting edge? What are you seeing? You know, since you are um, kind of focusing on research and innovation. Um, what have you seen that's exciting, uh, and, and cutting edge that you think is going to have an impact as we move into the future?
1: Oh, there's, there's actually quite a bit in this arena. Um, one of the things I, I find personally, um, really interesting and, and am excited about, and I already alluded to it a little bit, but, um, AI, uh, you know, the, the fact that some of these programs and, 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 uh, applications are being developed um, that can automate much of what you know we as humans do um yeah. and some some see it or might see it as a threat, and I see it as this golden opportunity to say, "Okay, you know some of those things maybe we don 't need on our table you know, and we can really start focusing on where our our procurement skill set is more um, Valuable to that acquisition process as a whole, so that AI is is one of those things that's there. Along with it, um, things like data analytics, mm-hmm. blockchain—you know—is mm-hmm. a huge thing that that's kind of on the horizon. You know, public procurement does lag a little bit from—you uh, know—we're we're a little bit more risk-averse, but it's coming, and it it's really exciting to see uh, those kind of technological. Um, uh, Things come our way, but also you know just in the acquisition process world itself, things like you know um, agile or, or modular procurement uh, it's been around for a long time the the concepts have been around for a long time, but seeing that starting to be picked up and 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 actually used and used successfully um, you know that that's cool there's not a a lot in the public procurement world that people think as cutting edge but when you start getting into these different ways of thinking about how we acquire things and breaking out of that procedural box that we've kind of been locked in for so many years, it it really is cutting edge. It's it's exciting.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's great. You highlighted a couple of, I think really important areas. One, we hear about technology and a number of things you mentioned there, AI data analytics, blockchain, and then uh, definitely the process side of things, right? uh, We are somewhat, prisoners to the process and and accused of that rightfully sometimes. Um, But yeah, I I totally agree. And uh, maybe we can talk, you know, more about agile uh, modular procurement at some point, because uh, I think that I know that, that, that a lot of people are trying to understand it better. And also then obviously there's a lot of impact uh, there. Um, But uh, you know, if we have time, maybe we'll come back to that, or maybe we can have you back. Um, but let me, let me just jump to the state of Alaska. Um, you know, you're doing some interesting things there. Um, I think one of the initiatives, uh, I know a little bit, but I'd love to learn more and I'm sure all our audience would is around, you know, uh, implementing, um, it's transformational nature and, and around organizational and process improvements. I'll just say that. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of, you know, what the initiative is and what problem, what your, what problem are you trying to solve first? Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: So when I was appointed uh, chief procurement officer in 2013, um, we are a very decentralized state. Uh, We have a number of things that flow through this office here. You know, we deal with our statewide contracts and some um, uh, one-off type requests. Um, but largely just because of the geographic disparity of our state, you know, it makes sense to have, you know, uh, agencies, uh, responsible for their own line of business, uh, purchases. And so that's kind of, you know, the, the environment we live in. And when I stepped into this role, um, There is a pretty big uh, disconnect between the central office and those um, disparate agencies, and you know, Mm -hmm. it. We've gone through. We're a a fairly young state. We had a lot of oil money in the '80s and went through a lot of big changes in the procurement world through those um, decades. So it's not entirely, you know, it's no one's fault. It just kind of evolved that way. And so one of my um, big things that I I wanted to get to um, was getting all those departments in alignment. So we had, you know, everybody off kind of doing their own thing and, and running off in different directions, establishing, you know, we have 15 different executive branch agencies, we might have 15 different contracts for the same thing. You know, I mean, those kinds of things from a, a basic things from a public procurement, um, you know, or, or a chief procurement officer standpoint that you want to kind of get your arm around. Um, but we also had this um, culture of that disconnect had bred a culture of there was a group and they, they openly admitted that they formed a, a group of uh, representatives from these uh, different agencies they formed and met to complain about what you know my office did or you know was doing or rules that we were putting out there, were new contracts that we had. Um, that was their that was what they met to do, um, and that was their reason for forming. And and that's it's not productive, it's not um, constructive, and you know that that was kind of the root of um, what I wanted to address over the um, the next few years and um so that's the problem that that was the problem not not that this group existed, but the conditions that led that group to form in the first place, and that's what I wanted to tackle. Um, and that's where you know things like process improvement, improving communication, starting to involve these agencies that typically had been left out of our processes, involving them in and bringing them in and asking them. You know, what what can we do better and, and how can we better partner with you to help you be successful and help establish contracts that meet your needs? You know, really simple questions like that. Um, it took some time um, to work through that. But I, I think, you know, today we're in a, a very different place than we were um two three years ago so
0: maybe that maybe, was uh, yeah. sorry sorry jason uh, i i'm just it so we can kind of dig a little bit deeper um so sure. you identified kind of the problem that you were trying to address here you know um i'm just curious uh, did you you know did you did you kind of launch a formal initiative um and and uh, what was it called and what were kind of the objectives of it so so we can just a little bit understand kind of you know, uh, what, what steps you took, and then obviously what, what you're seeing as in terms of kind of the results and impact. Uh, but yeah, maybe yeah. You can just tell us a little bit more about what, it, what how did you get started then once you knew the problem you were trying to solve?
1: Yeah, so the the first kind of, uh, it, it, there were multiple kind of initiatives in this regard. And the first one was to take that kind of informal group of, of agencies and mm-hmm. introduce the idea of Formalizing the group so everybody had a voice okay. and a seat at the table, and you know, introduce a set of bylaws that you know here's how the chairmanship and the vice vice chair is going to work, um, and start that communication. And that that was key to everything else. I, I kind of felt, you know, I had this gut feeling that once we got people talking that productive things were going to come from that. And once we started acting as a cohesive team, that we were going to see good things. And sure enough, I mean, it, it's, you know, straight out of any uh, leadership or communications handbook, right? You start talking more, you're going to start learning more about opportunities to improve. And that's, that was the key to everything else that we've undertaken mm-hmm. um, today. And that started the alignment of agencies, too, where, you know, instead of my office, which ultimately by law is responsible for setting direction for procurement. Um, before, we kind of did that without a compass. Now we could actually reach out to this team and say, hey, what, what are the things that are what are the burning issues or the things that are preventing you from being better at procurement and we can we can run with that and champion that uh, a change or you know modification to the process and, and run with it so that gave us the forum to have those conversations um, and then moving out of that we started hitting it more on the process improvement and formalized process improvement um, kind of methodology to start tackling the issues that were identified in that forum
0: Great, and and uh, now that's great. By by the way, I think I think you're absolutely right on in that. Um, you know, just starting that process of uh, you know formally meeting and and bringing the group together because you got to build those bridges and build trust, right? And 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 then people start opening up. Uh, is that what you saw? Was it were there? I'm just curious, like you know, because a lot of times people will say, "Hey, it's hard to even get people together." was there some initial resistance to just see that changing over time was there a gradual process there there was a you know some um leeriness
1: and wariness about you know motivations and and things like that but um really you you said it you know building that trust is what was necessary and you know i i feel like we did that through small successes. Um, you know, if something was brought up as it it still continues to this day, if something is brought up as, as a problem, if we can fix it, we fix it right then it's, you know, okay, we've identified this in this meeting, we're going to go back to our offices and I'm going to follow up with whatever needs to be changed here to make this work better. And I think, you know, after several of those kinds of, of, um, interactions where results were actually seen and, you know, oh, hey, he's not just sitting in the room, you know, saying he's going to do something. He's actually going back and and making things happen. Um, You know, we earned that trust and that, that helped build us, um, build some momentum to continue, you know, kind of peeling the band-aids off of our procurement process.
0: Great. Great. And maybe, maybe uh, you could speak to, you know, one of those initiatives that came out of this, I think, you mentioned uh, a a multiple weeks long process improvement um, effort that you undertook uh, around procure to pay uh, process could you speak to that a little bit what the initiative was and then you know uh, what's 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 coming out of that yeah yeah Um, as we've evolved
1: so we started with kind of a Uh, informal process improvement um, methodology and, you know, it it loosely based around Lean, Lean Six Sigma. um, And we saw some really good early successes with that. And so we started, you know, really building um, a more formal uh, process improvement um, methodology going forward. And so in 2017, we actually attacked um, three processes, um, Mm -hmm. procurement Uh, the accounts payable process and property disposal processes all in week long events. So Kaizen events um, Mm -hmm. where we, you know, did got representatives from all of our agencies did the sticky note exercise. You know, I, I, this is a a lot of States have been doing this. What I feel, um, you know, what I feel was transformational for Alaska and all this was getting these disparate agencies in a room they all have their own mission and, and kind of culture, but being able to get them in a room and agree statewide that this is the process that we want to um, move towards. And so getting that type of, of um, buy-in is huge. And so, yeah, I, I think I mentioned it to you. We have a, um, Procurement process that leverages our our e procurement system that was launched about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, an accounts payable process that once the procurement process generates an invoice, the accounts payable process picks it up, and then mm-hmm. at the end, once that item, if it's a good, it, once it reaches end of life, we have a very um, uh, efficient disposal process that you know used to take a week and. Or three weeks and and you know seven layers of approval now it takes an hour and so we saw those kinds of, of performance gains all from you know there's a lot of work there were those week long sessions and followed by implementation meetings weekly for months it was a lot of work but the payoff is is enormous and w- the word that always comes to mind when I look at our the process that we have now from from start to finish for procure to pay to disposal is elegant. You know, it's elegant, it's efficient, it, it does everything we do better and faster, which gives us the time to focus on, on other things that add value. We don't have to go back to this process and, and say, oh, we need you know five layers of approval to get this $50 thing. No, we've, we've figured that out when, and we're working on it. So um, on property disposal, we're 100% their agencies are using that process, Um, on, uh, the procurement process, we're probably about halfway there where 50% of our agencies are using that process more or less the, the way it's intended. They might have their own little tweaks here and there, but using it. So that means that, you know, just between those, those two things, we have, you know, an 80% efficiency gain and that, that's huge. AP is kind of underway, but it's, um, it's moving and agencies are in alignment and buying in.
0: That's great. Now, well, kudos to you. I think I think you sent us a process map as well, uh, something that maybe uh, we can uh, you know post along with this example for our listeners, um, so they can learn. I'm also curious. Just um, before we move off of this, um, you know, it, uh, leaders we talk to, uh, many of them are looking. You know, know there are opportunities to improve. Sometimes they struggle, or or at least you know face similar challenges as you mentioned. Uh, what 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 two or three tips do you have if if they want to start you know knowing that there might be a number of areas they can improve? Uh, are there kind of some takeaways you can pass on that they could learn from, um, based on your experience?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well I, I think part of um one thing we learned was starting small and building the trust first mm-hmm. and showing mm-hmm. those quick successes was really key i mean lean and lean six sigma and, and all that it's nothing new um it might be a little bit new to in the procurement sense of the word but it, it's um it's not a new process you can follow it as strictly or as loosely as you want but getting the those initial kind of quick wins. Um, one that we had, you know, we went to, we went to this group, um, of all agencies and and said, what's your biggest frustration or pain point with our central office? Like, what is that? And, and unanimously it was this, uh, single source process that we have, you know, um, for, for processing, uh, we call them alternate procurement. So, um, we said, okay, what what's the deal? You know, it, oh, it takes too long. Okay, let's focus on that.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: over the course of a year, I mean, we we just made continuous little tweaks here and there, and started off with a big win. We changed the paper form that we had. It it took zero expense and you know an hour of time to develop an electronic form, and started with that. And we we watched over the course of a year something that took three and a half four days. Go down to a matter of hours. And that was a, a quick win, and there were, there were gains every single quarter that we saw. And that really showed the value and the, um, the efficacy of this process improvement methodology. And so now when we want to tackle something bigger, agencies know they've seen it work, and now they want to participate and, and try it on new things. And when you have agencies advocating for uh, a process change or a process improvement effort, that's huge um that means that they they see the issues inherent kind of in the in the process and want to want to tackle them instead of being told they have to tackle them and that's a, that's a big thing when it's when it's voluntary and yeah
0: yeah no that, that that's half the battle right if you have people coming to you uh well kudos to you because I, i'm sure it's it's a function of you know, how you run these events and, and, and the listening that you're talking about of just asking, right? And and not being defensive, number of those things. Uh, I, I think I'm, you know, following this, I'm going to ask you to uh, maybe uh, potentially do a webinar of sorts on Kaizen events and uh, uh, how to teach others how to do that. So <laughs> sure, um, sure. Uh, I think that would be great. I think a lot of people could take away because, you know, like you're saying, you can make small changes really fairly quickly right and, yeah. and there's so much opportunity and there's so much impact as well well Jason I want to transition thank you uh, for sharing and I want to transition to just uh, just a couple of final um, questions but I do want to go back sorry to jump around uh, to you know you had mentioned a artificial intelligence data analytics um, uh, any any kind of specifics in terms of you know, you said this is these are exciting innovations. Um, what what do you think are what's you know, what, what, what's exciting about them from a procurement standpoint? How do you think besides kind of, you know, automating things, um, you know, what do you think is the potential? Because I know this is an area that a lot of people are asking about, so I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. On,
1: it, I'll start with data analytics because I think, you know, as we move um, more and more into, you know, e-procurement systems, a lot of states have them. A lot of states have, a, have access to a lot of data, um, and it's only increasing. And so data analytics, you know, using that data to, to actually drive our, our decisions, again, it, it's not a new thing, but getting making sense of the mass of data um, mm-hmm. the, the amount of data is new, you know, um, every time we automate something, we have the opportunity to create more data, but what do we do with it? And mm-hmm. data analytics, I see, um, you know, there are certifications in this field, uh, there are degrees in this field. That's something I actually see as something, um, we need to start looking for in procurement professionals, uh, being able to, you know, at some level, take, uh, fire hose of data coming at them, break it down, interpret it, and apply it. Um, That's a skill that is not necessarily um, inherent in the uh, procurement kind of industry um, to a formalized degree. I think we kind of have it, you know, people, I get a spend report and I know, you know, I can look for my items and, and figure out what we buy the most and then focus on that. But as we get just taking those spend reports and multiplying them by a thousand, you know, we can't do that on, on our own, um, without some structure around it. So I kind of see data analytics in that field, whether it's, you know, part of a procurement officer's responsibility or a, you know, dedicated data analyst, um, that's a, a separate staff member or both, you know, um, in the AI world, I, I guess I see, um, you know, hearing about uh, applications that can grade a, a third grader's paper is uh, it, it, having a, a, a bid evaluated by AI is not a far throw from that. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: even here, I mean, when we write RFPs, we try to write them as simply as possible, and when we get responses, they're pretty. You know, they're they're a lot of the better responses aren't super technical in nature, or, or the technical pieces are separated out. So it's not a far you know, far throw to say that a proposal could be uh, largely evaluated by AI at some point in the future. And what does that mean to us um, with, you know, what we do in terms of our own evaluation when we, you know, might spend time looking at a proposal for responsiveness or responsibility, if that can be automated um, or done by AI and some results, you know, kind of presented to us, what can we do with the time that that frees us up? Um, and how can we continue to add value um, and, and fill that time and, and add value? What else can we do um, to, to make the process better um, and, and see that AI as, again, as an opportunity rather than, you know, a, a threat, I guess, is
0: is something that I think about a lot. Great, great. And I, I, I think you're spot on here. Um, and also, I think... Um, it it potentially takes away some of the human judgment, you know, discrepancy that can fall. Um, so there can be some normalization, hopefully there. As <laughs> well. um, yep. well, great. Now, these are two great examples, I think. Thank you for um, kind of just, just sharing a bit more on that. Uh, I have a final question. Um, um in terms of you know capabilities you talked about a number of things within what you're doing as well as more broadly um if you were building and 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 uh, trying to build a world-class procurement function like you are three capabilities that you would say are critical to building that function uh three uh, to building a world-class procurement function uh what would they be?
1: uh first i would say um you know kind of what it, what we already see happening but bringing procurement to the front line uh, mm-hmm. treating it as a a value added function rather than a reactive function right um mm-hmm. so saying hey you know what we have this project coming up let's bring all the stakeholders to the table including procurement as opposed to what we've traditionally seen, which is, um, you know, kind of figure out the strategy and then go to procurement and say, Hey, can you have an RFP out tomorrow on this, you know? Um, So flipping that around and really engaging procurement um, in the strategy sessions and those uh, pre-project meetings where you're talking about budget, you know, having somebody up front um, that can kind of see the acquisition process and, 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 and forecast what that's going to look like and help avoid problems at the front end, rather than reacting to the problems at the back end. I think that, that's key. Um, embracing new technologies, I, I think mm-hmm. is, you know, if you're going to be a world-class uh, procurement office, you want to make the best use of anything that makes our jobs easier, which you, know, you, you hit it, you know, AI and, and things and that automate what we do, takes that human element out, which is a risk factor, uh, for, you know, a, a protest or just having a flawed process. Yeah. Once you, once you can take that out, you can focus on the strategy bit, you know, the, that getting up at the front lines, that's, that's what we, we gain. So yeah, um, embracing new technologies and then really, um, if you don't, if you do those two things, you're going to hit what I think is kind of the, the third thing here, which is, um, add value. Don't just, don't just follow a process for the sake of following a process, but actually, you know, go into your acquisition or, or procurement process with the intent of adding value and delivering the absolute best uh, value and, and product and filling the state's or government's need um, while, you know, making sure that you made the best use of the public's money. That That's what we need to do and that's what we need to be focused on. So I think with that focus, those, you know, other two are going to kind of come into play um, just by nature.
0: Great. Great. No, this is all very good advice. Uh, we're going to definitely use this clip here and, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, I think there's a lot to learn here. I lied. Um, I do have one final <laughs> again so uh you know we mentioned you're president of the juno uh, adult hockey association um uh, what have you learned there that you apply on your job every day because <laughs> we all oh, more yeah
1: <laughs> yeah you know it's a it's a fairly small um association we have 150 people at any given time and playing hockey here and um, probably the one of the biggest things I learned, and and it was a hard lesson. I I want to be the absolute best at whatever it is I'm doing. I'm I'm a little bit competitive that way, even though I'll <laughs> mostly say I'm not competitive. But yeah. um, it, it the thing I've learned is you can't please everybody, right? Um, no yeah. matter what we try, what we think we're doing right, we're listening to members. We want to make a change that makes things better. Yeah. Um, inevitably someone else is going to be unhappy about that change. So just learning how to balance that, it's nice to learn it at a um, smaller level and learn that lesson and then bring it into, um, you know, a a larger level like the state um, and kind of have that same view because we're all people and, you know, we all kind of um, behave the same, Uh, especially as you you kind of go macro on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned is uh, you're never going to, going to please everybody.
0: Great. Well, that's great. Great wisdom and advice to end on. <laughs> Can't please <laughs> everybody, so stop trying, right? <laughs> right, well, great. Right. so much, Jason. I uh, really appreciate you coming on. And, and uh, we look forward to you know uh, learning more and sharing more. Uh, and uh, thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks.